0: So pull up a chair and join us on this journey from our little yellow house to yours.
1: The Raising Boys and Girls podcast is brought to you in partnership with Minnow. Minnow provides meaningful screen time and shared experiences for families to help you grow in your faith together. Check them out at podcast.gominnow.com. That's podcast.g-o-m-i-n-n-o.com.
0: Merry Christmas, David Thomas. Merry Christmas, Sissy Goff. Thank you. It is fun to sit and talk about Christmas, which is definitely one of our other favorite holidays.
1: Love this time of year.
0: Me too. And so, in light of that, tell me one of your favorite Christmas traditions.
1: One of my favorites from growing up that I have continued into my adult life with my own kiddos is we would get new pajamas on christmas eve every year got to open one gift and have a thousand pictures of my sister and i with matching pjs on growing up and have carried that into the going forward and my kids are you know late adolescents and still look forward to it like i think they're, they're so PJs. afraid yeah they're so afraid we're gonna forget some year and so we turn it into pj bottoms and like a a funny t-shirt that you get for the top so, I've, I love that tradition growing up. I love still doing it now.
0: I think we are going to need to put in the show notes a picture of David then <laughs> in the matching pajamas. And now we'll let you see. We'll what dig those into look the like. archives. Yes. That just reminded me you were a part of one of my very favorite Christmas traditions years ago. And I don't even know if you'll remember doing this. Y'all have heard me say I have a sister who's 16 years younger than I am, and I love Santa. And so I was so excited about Kathleen learning about Santa. And as a family, we were all super into Santa. And now there is a two-year-old in our family, her son, Henry. But even four years ago, before Henry, we would still track Santa on NORAD. We would put out cookies for Santa. When Kathleen was in one of her last few years of believing in Santa Claus, we had a puppy. And... The puppy ate one of Kathleen's gifts from me, and I was so devastated about it, and I didn't know what to do. And you and I were talking, and I told you about it. Do you remember this? No. Yes, and you were so funny and cute about it. And so you wrote a letter from Santa. And you said that you had a new reindeer who was teething, and that you were so sorry that he had accidentally gotten a hold of this gift, but you still really wanted her to have it. So thank you. You were a part of that tradition a long time ago. I do remember that now. I love it. Yes, me too. I can still picture it. So it's fun to talk about our favorite traditions. I have another something that has become a tradition for me every year, and I have this family that I love who come in to see me every year at Christmas. The first year they came, this mom brought her daughter in, one of her two daughters in particular, and said, I brought her because every time Christmas comes up, she has a serious case of the Moors. And I said, what are you talking about, the Moors? And she said, you know, more of this, more of that. She wants more of everything at Christmas. So literally, we have a more appointment every single year where we talk about entitlement." which we talked a lot about in the last episode. And we're going to talk about some more ways to ward it off this one. But that is definitely an obstacle, I think, to leaning into Christmas and what Christmas is really intended to be. And so we have to touch on that, obviously, as we're talking about Christmas together. And there's something else if we were going to talk about obstacles to Christmas that we would really both want to touch on, and especially from the background that we're coming from as counselors. and Because we've been having a lot of conversations about it here lately. But with the holidays coming up, it just stirs up a lot for a lot of us of loss that we will feel in ways that we wouldn't have felt with empty spots for people at Christmas also families that have gotten divorced more recently. And so all of a sudden you're having to spend time on Christmas Day that you've never spent alone, which can be really hard. There are a lot of things that Christmas really brings to the surface that we do think about, but not to the same extent. And so Christmas can be this really mixed bag of joy and sorrow. And way too often we don't talk about that. And so those of us who are struggling or are experiencing some kind of loss, I think we can feel kind of pushed to the edges of this entire holiday, which is not what we want. And it's not even what we believe the holiday is about. And so we want to think about with kids, what does it look like to move toward Christmas in a way that is honest, that is thoughtful and giving intentionally that can break some of that entitlement, and that it's honoring of what Christmas is really about. And I think even in the midst of pain, thinking about what Christmas can look like. And I remember a Christmas as a kid, and we had one of those exact Christmases that we're talking about where it wasn't that we had had a recent loss. We just had a family member who He would just not show up. And my mom had set this beautiful table with Crystal and all this amazing food, and he just didn't show up. And I remember watching my grandmother, his mother's face. She sunk and sunk and sunk the more time that passed, and my mom must have gone and called her best friend because—it still makes me choked up—because 10 minutes into us trying to kind of go ahead and eat without this family member and his children, none of them came— All of a sudden, we heard this Christmas caroling outside of our door and went to the door and our best family friends that are really like family to us had left their Christmas Eve table and come to carol to us. Mm. And it just changed everything for us. It was such a gift in that moment. Every year after that, I think for probably the next 12 years, we actually had Christmas Eve with that family. Mm-hmm. And it made our table richer and it was so fun. And it always felt like a memory to me of someone that gave in such an impactful way in the midst of sadness at the holidays. And and I think those things can become traditions and rituals for us.
1: We are so thrilled to be partnering with our friends at Minnow to bring back the Raising Boys and Girls podcast. We all know that devices are here to stay. So if you want to make screen time meaningful for your kids, Minnow is for you. A new streaming service designed just for kids. Minnow has over 2,000 episodes of fun and faith-filled shows that have been carefully curated by moms, dads, and church leaders so it's safe for your family. Check them out at podcast.gominnow.com. That's podcast. Dot go m i n n o dot com to start your free trial I love that you told that story because it's so where I wanted to go and thinking some about rituals. I would challenge every parent listening I'm challenging myself to be thinking about creating as many rituals around giving and serving as you do around buying a tree or present, purchasing that we're really moving kids in that direction through building rituals and traditions that are anchored to that. that and and I've loved over the years hearing so many kids and adolescents talk about the kinds of rituals you know they do at Christmas time that are meaningful to them. I especially love hearing them talk about their version of the very story you just told of some way that they gave to someone in their neighborhood, in their community, in their city in some way. And fascinating. I've even known kids applying to college who wrote their college entrance essay around a Christmas tradition. Wow. Yeah. And so I think it's a reminder to all of us as Sissy's telling that story, as we're reflecting on the things kids have said, that those things stay with kids. And we're excited in a few minutes to even be talking with you around more ideas, more ways that you could be doing that. But as we think about gifts being a part of the Christmas experience and certainly as we have some conversation around entitlement being a barrier as we've been talking around, that it feels so important that we think about the intersection of those two things. And one of the rituals I've heard a lot of families talk about over the years is, adopting the wisdom of the three wise men bringing one gift each and that they end up giving three gifts to each child and are really intentional about if we're only going to give three gifts let's be really thoughtful in what those are as opposed to we're just going to buy 28 different things and it's a constant flow of just opening the next thing and so if that's something that resonates with you as a parent, if not just thinking about how could I be more thoughtful in the way we give to each other. I had a family tell me last year that they realized the mom said we were opening presents on top of each other. And Mm -hmm. she was like, no one even had awareness of what the other person had gotten. And so the thought of just even slowing down that process in an intentional way so that kids can, as we talked about in the last episode, express gratitude for what they've just gotten. And we're not as the mom said opening gifts on top of each other but but there's no
0: shame if you do more than 3 gifts no, that's okay not too. At all. we don't want you to feel not any shame all. as a result of this
1: just slow it down slow some. it down <laughs> i
0: love and i love what you said about prioritize giving as much as you do buying a tree that's beautiful i love that david
1: talk about some intentional practices. So
0: yeah, let's talk about our three intentional practices. So there is something that happens that is one of the things that makes me really sad around the holidays, and it happens in my office a lot. And I would imagine you have the same conversation in your office a lot. And that's kids who will come in, and I'll say something like, tell me what you're getting your mom for Christmas, or what are you giving to your brother for Christmas? And they'll say, I don't know, my mom does all that. Like, Do you do a card then? No, my mom does it all. And I think what a missed opportunity for kids. And I will say the Christmas gift I most remember ever giving— my mom, is there was this type of purse that was really cool at the time. And I saved and saved and saved for months to give my mom a purse. It literally is the only Christmas gift I remember giving as a child, because I think I did that. I put time and effort into that. And I think the rest of my mom was sweet and trying hard, and she bought them for me. But I think what a gift to give your kids at this time and help, again, with that idea of entitlement and warding that off, to let them be a part of the gift, either You give them an allowance for gifts and they go and shop for the gifts, or you go with them, or they just create something. Any of those options that they're using some of the gifts God has given them to give to someone else. And we do something at our little summer program, summer retreat program. We actually have Christmas at Hopetown, is what we call it. And we're about 20 miles from this street of antique stores. It's all the whole town is. It's called Hazel, Kentucky. And we give these kids the last day of camp, $3. And they go buy a gift, not that they think someone will like whose name they've drawn, but that represents that person. And... I remember getting a cane one time because they talked about how, as a counselor, I helped kids walk on their journey. But it's things like that. It's symbolic gifts. And I have had more kids in the last few years tell me that they did that exact thing for their family members for Christmas, which is so cool. So you could even do something like that. Take them to an antique mall and let them pick out something that represents their siblings. I mean, literally, we spend $3 a person. It's nothing. And it's so cool to see what they come up with. So have them be a part of that process in one way or another, even to write their names on the text. But the mechanical piece, that really impacts their hearts more than you can even imagine. So that would be the first I would say. What would you say? What would you
1: do? Well, you stole my thunder. I was oh, going to no. say drawing names. So I love that you introduced it in that great way. And I think families can do that. We forget that that could happen within a family. A lot of extended families will do that. But within a nuclear family, you can do that. And- with kids who haven't even had the opportunity to earn money yet they could make a homemade gift and for kids if you're in keeping with that challenge we gave of them using their own money and they don't have a lot that you could do five dollar gifts within the family and it's so fun to hear kids tell stories about creative ways they shopped for another family member with only five dollars and over time you could increase that you know to $10 when they're in middle school, $20 when they're in high school, but thinking on the idea of being intentional within the family in the ways you give gifts so it's not, as Sissy said, just throwing a kid's name on a tag for a sibling's gift. Talk about another one.
0: So the last one I would say is to do the very thing that we've been talking about of acknowledge that the holidays can be hard. And if your family is not in the middle of a season where it's harder, then do something for somebody who is because it would mean so much to them. But if your family is in that season, acknowledge what's going on. Talk about it. Be honest. If you need to get up an hour earlier and cry yourself, whatever you need to do to process that, and then acknowledge it with your kids, because they're feeling it too, even if they're not saying it. Or maybe they don't feel it Christmas morning, but Christmas night, it sets in. Go ahead and have conversations about the fact that the holidays can be hard. And I think if your family has lost someone, there are a lot of ways you can bring that person into the holidays. And I'm sitting here thinking about it, even as we're saying it. I lost my mom this past December before Christmas and David did his the year before and we're both I think we would say still really feeling that loss yes. and very aware of it during the holidays at Christmas time and so to do something like make your grandmother's favorite dish and make sure it's on the table and put a picture of her by it or something I mean anything we have a friend who a coworker who her grandmother loved Pringles They would have all these beautiful dishes, and every Christmas, they would also set out literally a can of Pringles. And her grandmother has died, and they still have a can of Pringles out. And I love it, doing something like that. And again, taking that sorrow to what Christmas is about. Because you all, that's the reality of this season. That's why we have this. That's why we're giving all of those things. And I want to read y'all a poem that I came across, I don't know, probably in the early 90s that has stayed with me ever since. And I thought of it as I was walking my mom through the season of her life ending last year and ended up putting it on my Christmas card because it just felt so true to me. And it's sure something I want to go back to. I may do the same Christmas card two years in a row because I want to remember. And it's by a woman named Anne Weems, and it's called Not Celebrate. Not Celebrate. Your burden is too great to bear. Your loneliness is intensified during this Christmas season. Your tears have no end. Not celebrate, you should lead the celebration. You should run through the streets to ring the bells and sing the loudest. You should fling the tinsel on the tree and open your house to your neighbors and call them in to dance. For it is you above all others who know the joy of Advent. It is unto you that a Savior is born this day, one who comes to lift your burden from your shoulders one who comes to wipe the tears from your eyes, you are not alone, for he is born this day to you.
1: The Raising Boys and Girls podcast is brought to you in partnership with Minnow. Minnow helps you make screen time meaningful for your family, which shows kids love, and values parents' trust. Check them out at podcast.gominnow.com. That's podcast.gominnow.com.